you do. Whoa! I'm Dom Lewis, um, we're here for another All Access in my studio and um, today I think we're going to talk about all things rabbits. Thanks again for having me here again and for Always another an All Access, number three. Number three. <laughs> number three. <laughs> um, so yeah, we, we, we've done two before. The first one we kind of looked at your, uh, your background and your story as a you know, composer. Number two, we watched you kind of work with Man the High Castle and now crazy. Going you watched crazy. me going crazy, yeah. <laughs> and number three here, uh we we did for a few days I came over, we did some behind the scenes footage of you working on Peter Rabbit. So That's let's fun, kind of yeah. look back at it and reflect a bit. Cool. Um so talk about I guess securing the job because you have never worked with Will before the director and how does like so as a composer, how does this job come onto your plate? Did you have to like, audition as a composer for it? Like how did you kind of secure it? Yeah, kind of. Um uh, Will, well, Will doesn't really work with composers. Right. I think he worked with one on his first movie and then was like, I'm just going to use songs. Right. Um, and also, and as well, there's like a pretty bad, not bad joke, but a joke that doesn't reflect film composers very well in Friends with Benefits. Um, he makes a joke about film film music. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was a first thing for him and uh, I did kind of have to audition. Um... There was no one, as far as I know, there was no one else on the slate for the gig. Um, you know, I'd worked with, I've worked with Sony now on a couple of things. Right, yeah. And um, Spring kind of put me forward to Will, thinking that it would be a good match. And then they gave me, you know, as, as directors do, gave me a couple of scenes. Um, one of which was the 2D flashback, at kind of towards the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Which brings us up to date of where Peter is now and what's happened to him in his life. And right, because it's not a direct adaptation of... Right, of, 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 right, right. And this, thing, this, this 2D flashback is, is all based on the original illustrations of Beatrix Potter. So it had to be quite traditional. Mm-hmm. Um, it was one of the few moments in the movie where it could just be orchestral and very uh, pastoral and very traditional with the orchestra. So um, that was the first thing I did. And actually my first pass of that was what's now in the end credits because knowing that Will works a lot with songs and you know not so used to score I took a more song approach to it so if there's this kind of like clavinet sort of bubbling thing and then I sang uh, my melody on top of it and then added a string arrangement later and, and, and took the the listener through the piece in a different kind of way mm-hmm. um, and it's funny because the, the editor and the music editor and everyone who kind of listened to it before Will listened to it really loved it, thought it was a great, like, different way of doing it. And um, Will came, apparently came into the editing suite and said, no, no, it needs to be more traditional, it needs to be more film music-y. <laughs> so then he calls me, he tells me what he wants and that it needs to be more traditional. So then I just kind of went into what I do, which was... Right. Use the orchestra, uh, l- lovely and floral, pastoral bunnies, and I, I, uh, I use my theme in a more traditional way. Because after the meeting, you know, I think it's always good to 
not think you have the gig, yeah. but be prepared if you do get the gig. Right. So immediately I kind of went home and sat at the piano and, and started figuring out you know, what would my Peter Rabbit theme be. Yeah. So I had that. So when I did my first version, it was, it was that theme. But then when he wanted a more traditional version of it, I was able to sculpt it in a more traditional way and, and, and it worked but in both ways. So I think at that point I kind of knew that if I was to get this gig, it, yeah. I'd be okay with that theme. Right. And it so happened that he loved it and it was it made such an impression on him that it, he was like, he called me a couple of days later and said, I really want you to do this movie. Wow. So, that's an, so, yeah. when, you work with, so when you start, and then you, got in, you get in with it and you start working with the director and... Um, you know, he's going to be feeling you out, you're going to be feeling him out. I mean, as a composer, you're there to serve the director. Does it take a while to kind of understand and be, you know, understand what he needs, he or she needs? And how do you kind of do that as your process? Like, okay, that's their personality. I know how to mold my, I guess, process to that. Yeah, it's tricky. And and especially with someone like Will, who who hasn't had experience with film composers. So right. there's, a, there's a whole vernacular and narrative that you need to to understand pretty yeah. quickly and it did take us a while it's funny when he called me to tell me i had the gig um he i was driving on a on a on a piece of road in uh, ocean park that um has got very bad reception um <laughs> so he was explaining that oh these guys told you how difficult i am that you know i change my mind all the time and and um i was like well can you hear me can you hear me and he couldn't hear me because of the reception. He was like, Has he, he's quit already. <laughs> um, but no, Will's the first person to admit that, you know, sometimes it's difficult to understand what he means by something. Right. Um, you know, there's one example of that where there are a few songs in this, where the sparrows sing songs in this film. So we had to come up with, well, I had to produce the performances. And at the beginning, I had to kind of come up with arrangements of famous songs. Um so I was doing at one point ninety nine red balloons was in the movie, so I did um, a version of that, and he sends me this. He says, "No, no, it's not quite right. It's not quite right. Let me send you something, and you'll get the idea." So he sends me this tune, which is like super poppy, super cheesy, like like a bad kind of black. I can't even remember what it is, but it was like a bad black. It was a black eyed piece. It was like a bad black eyed piece. <laughs> that was super like top 40 and, and not my bag at all. And what I thought was not his bag. So I'm, right. I pressed play on it. I was like, I swear this has come up in a previous meeting. And he said that he hates this song. Um, and so I'm like, I'm really confused. I call the music editor. She's like, I don't know why I sent you that. He hates that song. So then I call him up. I'm like, Will, yeah, no, I got your, I got your, um, your reference for this track, but I'm a little bit, I'm not quite sure. I thought you didn't like that track. He's like, no, I hate that track. It's the worst song ever written. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, so what do you want me to do about that? And I'd already started getting like sound alike stuff and, you know, obviously yeah. not too close and towing that whole line. Right. He's like, no, no, no. It's like the, the vibe, the feel of it. All those guys think it's the best song that's ever been written and they're fully into it. I need you to do that with 99 Red Balloons. And I kind of went, Oh, so like no, because I was kind of giving it a bit of a wink. Yeah. I may we I may have already told you this story. Yeah, yeah. But um, anyway, uh, so I was kind of doing it with a bit of a wink, and he's like, no, no, that's all wrong. So so with that one, and um, you know, they were they were supposed to be these like Broadway sparrows. Was the beginning? Yeah. 
as the beginning of the movie shows, and it was meant to continue like that. That changed, but so he wanted me to do this kind of legitimate Broadway rather than like Hollywood, you know what I mean? Like taking the mick out of it, which yeah, is what yeah. I was I was guilty of doing that. So right. once I got to a point where I could understand when he was saying I want it to sound like this or I want it to have the the kind of background of this song. Yeah. I want you to commit to it like these guys did. Once I knew which was which, which took like, I don't know, over a month of back and forth, just we're trying to figure each other out. Yeah, that's part of the um, And it was great. So by the time we got to, you know, by the time I nailed the opening, which was the big kind of, it was a song, it was score, it was a song, it was score. By the time I nailed that, which was kind of like a month and a half in, it was more kind of, oh, I'm in, Will was like, I'm in his head now. Yeah. And I could feel him on my shoulder going, oh, he's not going to like that. Yeah. He's not going to like that. Because we'd gone through this whole process of, yeah. um, you know, it from songs to score. And I was, at first I was too songy and then I was too scorey. So it took a while to get that blend of stuff. Right. To be big and British, which, which is what he always wanted. Right. Um, and I knew he wanted that. It was just... Whenever I went to orchestra, I was like, no, no, it's too orchestral, it needs to be more songy. So, it, you know, in short, it took a while to get to, if he said, no, I don't like that, it ne didn't necessarily mean he didn't like it. Right. It was maybe just something in there that he didn't like. Yeah. And, you know, that's very common now with you know, directors that don't really have a, a, a musical language. Right, yeah. You have to figure it out. Yeah, because um, you're using language that... You know, which is English, English talking, but right. he doesn't speak your musical language. No. And you're trying to figure out his visual language and what he's trying to, you know, put on the screen. But he's also super smart as yeah. well. So it's like, there's this intellectual level. Yeah. So he, it's almost like he was, he kind of intellectualizes some of the songs and like the motive behind it and going deeper into a process. <laughs> yeah. And as a film composer, you have to take things at face value most of the time and say, what does it sound like? It sounds like that. Okay, I'll do that. <laughs> Whereas this was a lot deeper, and I right. think that's why it took longer for us to get to that point, because it took me longer to get to that deepness of what he was trying to do. I yeah. mean, it's a kid's movie about right. a rabbit with a coat with no pants. But at the same time, you know, there, there was some serious conversations to be had yeah, about yeah. what the music needed to say and what it needed to be, so... Absolutely. Got it back, Dad. Okay, this transition's starting to work. Now I'm actually doing the fix that I was supposed to do on a previously approved key. Got it back, Dad. Got you, rabbit. How much information do I need there? That's the thing. Because he said it was too busy. So I don't want to re-busyify it. What have I got in, in this genetic makeup? It's got high It's got high hats. Got you, Rabbit.
garden perk, I think. Oh, it's a new I guess the approach and I guess your writing process because I did come down here and, and kind of watch you work a little bit writing to picture and conforming to picture um, so for, for Peter Rabbit what was the process for you when you kind of sat down and came up with your first theme and do you sit and write to every scene like I mean do you sit down and put the picture up and just start noodling away or do you kind of work away from the picture come up with ideas come back to it what was the kind of the process for this one yeah this one was a weird one um after the initial 2D flashback mm -hmm. success, I then had to take many steps back <laughs> to then complete the rest of the score because the rest of the score was that other sound that we were aiming for. Right. You know, Will was very much um, from the very first meeting. Was like, I want when you hear this score, I want people to go, "That's Peter Rabbit," not that could be anything else. Yeah. In the same way as when you hear Sherlock, you go, yeah. "That's Sherlock." Yeah. You know, um, because of the choices of instrumentation and, you know, the blending of genres and everything that the genius of hands <laughs> does. But um, that was his, like, benchmark. Yeah. It had to be... It had to sound different. It had to not be generic. And it had to kind of blend the worlds of, you know, this fresh look on Peter Rabbit as well as with the traditional. So having gone from the 2D flashback and having success with the traditional side of things... I needed to figure out the other side, the other world, and how I bring those two together. So I had many misses, and then, you know, there was a constant flow of family and friends previews, mm -hmm. which Will wanted to, because that's Will's way of um, basically seeing how it's, how it's doing like right. he doesn't he doesn't like doing it in the cutting room. He wants to see how people react to it. He wants to feel it in the room, right. which is great. What's not great about that is that, you know, you've got him on the phone going, I need music for Thursday. It's now Monday. So yeah. can can we get this going, please? Because <laughs> which, you know, as 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 good as I've become of, as creating things quickly, that's a little too quick, especially for a big Hollywood movie, which I need to kind of process. And, yeah. and there's so many new things going on. So once the family and friends things kind of slowed down a bit, I called him up and I said, listen, I, I want to get the sound of your film. And I can't do that if I've got like three days in between each deadline. Mm -hmm. So would it be okay if you gave me two weeks just to go away and experiment? And this, this, this comes after me sitting down at the piano after meeting him for the first time and coming up with my main theme, right. which is in the film, works great, but it wasn't going to be enough. Yeah. So I spent two weeks in that room, basically writing an EP. I came up with three tracks, which isn't that much for for um, two weeks work, but it was it was like really nailing down all the influence he said he'd liked, all the conversations we'd had, yeah. you know, thinking of pace, thinking of rabbits, thinking of not just mischievous, funny bunnies, you know. From the beginning, Will was like, this isn't your normal Peter Rabbit. This yeah. guy's like... This guy's fucking Batman. This is this is James Bond. This is this he's a, he's our hero. Yeah, yeah. He needs to be taken seriously. He's a badass. So I went in there. I also I was up against sample hatred. I mean, Will, if he hears anything that sounds like a sample, it's like no, I don't like it. Really? So he didn't. He so didn't right from it. the beginning, it was. I mean, I was having stuff thrown out that was probably could have gone in the movie, but because it was done on samples. 
And the guy's ear is crazy. It's crazy. He'll hear anything that, I mean, I guess I've been doing it for too long, but I'm like, that sounds pretty good. He'll be like, what's that? <laughs> that what's that synth? Oh, well, the strings. Yeah, no, no, no. Because it wasn't real. Um, so I spent, going back to it, I spent two weeks in there, like, playing everything. Drumming, like, we set the amps up in there, guitars, drums, piano in there, like, a cello in there. I brought in, you know, demo woodwinds and violins and everything. And I got to this point where I had three tracks, which I spent, you know, basically ten days recording and then three days of mixing. And... I, you know, I'm definitely getting better at mixing, but it's not my strong point. Yeah. But I got to a point where the mixes were great. They sounded like tracks, but they also sounded different because they had this kind of orchestral element woven through there. Very small, like mm. wind quartet and um, solo violin and solo cello that I played. I managed to scruff my way through. <laughs> but um, so I got to this great place where I was very happy. I sent them. He was in New York and I sent them off and I was kind of like this. Um, this was sort of towards the end of the, the the month, having been on it a month. And, you know, a couple of days go past, heard nothing. I was like, oh, God, I'm going to get fired. But he eventually emailed back with this one track that was track two that has one of the main riffs in it now. It was like, I really love this thing. I really love this riff. It's great. I think you found the sound of the movie. So I was like, yes, awesome. Um... And then the next hurdle was, because it was just banned and it was so small, it, it was, yeah. as we moved through the film, it wasn't epic enough. It wasn't... Yeah, you were writing some really big music. I mean, there's yeah, big there's some really big orchestral like stuff in there. Like Oh, yeah, like yeah. No, it, go, it gets full on. Yeah. Um, so that was the next stage, is, you know, thinking that he didn't want big orchestral music and wanted songs. Right. Blowing through that barrier. And eventually... When I took that band vibe that I'd come up with in those two weeks and slammed a big old orchestra on top of it, he was like, yes. Wow. To the point where he'd cut the opening, and that was the opening. Yeah. He'd, and I changed the chord slightly, and it was, a, it was flowing better, and it, was, it just seemed to all be doing this. And there was still some of this when he came in to listen to it. But, um, yeah, he'd been in Australia. He'd come back. I'd had a previous cut and written to that. And then he'd come in and go, oh yeah, oh, you're doing this one. Oh yeah, no, I've cut it. I've cut it. I've chopped it up completely. It's completely different. And then he watched it and he went, no, that's really good. That's great. I probably shouldn't have cut that. No, that works. You made that work. And it was at that point, I mean, he still cut it and it, it was cut <laughs> many, many more times until it came out a week ago. Um, but... That you know, I let I walked him out of the studio and walked him to his car, and he had a smile on his face, and he, and he could see that he was in my head and that we yeah. were getting somewhere. Um, and as I say, it took a while, but from the original process of being at a piano and being, I'm doing an animated film, I'm gonna write my theme on the piano, and then I'm gonna go to my sequencer and I'm gonna write lovely lush music for <laughs> rabbits. Um, but that didn't it didn't happen that way. The first yeah. bit happened, and then it was like, what? Yeah. I gotta figure this out. But um, as you know, as as and Will's the first person to say this, as demanding and and sort of however however many times he changes his mind, he he does know what he wants, and yeah. when he hears it, he's like, yes, yeah. that's it. Um, unfortunately for me, I got to that point. When did um? Did you you put some crazy cool textures in the in the score too? I mean, you got some garden. Uh, yeah, tools that's right. And stuff. So I. 
when did that idea come from, and then how was that process of you know sampling those things and so, turning them into instruments? Yeah, so that kind of came from during the EP process. I call it the EP process. It was three tracks. Um, you know, I kind of sat here going, how can I make this different? How can I make this sound like Peter Rabbit? Um, and it seems like a really obvious route to go. Peter Rabbit, McGregor, Garden, mm, Shears, <laughs> Flower Pots, I'm going to bang on stuff. And, you know, when I, f I was walking through Home Depot going, is this just fucking stupid? <laughs> like, banging on plant pots and, like, wheelbarrows and shears, you know. And I went, I'll see it through. Because mm -hmm. I, 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 at this point, I was like, I've got to find something. Because, you know, people have done band scores with orchestra yeah, and it, before. I've got to find that different... Burrow, if you like. No, i got to find that different sound. Yeah. So I went with it. I went, fuck it, I'm going to do it. So I went to Home Depot, bought the shit, brought it back. Um, and I'd already had some like noodlings of guitar riffs and stuff and, and some drum tracks I'd laid down. And um, Danny was recording in here and I was like, just give me the shears. I'll see what I can come up with. So it was, you know, there's a lot of four on the floor... <laughs> To, to keep it driving. Yeah. So the track was just running. I was like, what the hell am I going to do with these? And I just started very simple, just chick, 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 and I was like, those are my hi-hats. Those are my hi-hats. Yeah. Um, and it sounded really, really cool. And then I was like, okay, give me, give me the drumsticks. And we laid the pots out on the floor and I was just playing them like, you know, timbales or drums or whatever it was. And I was like, that's a cool sound too. And then uh, one of the pots smashed well, I like, had a crack in it. Oh. And I was like, roll, roll it a second. And I just dropped it into another plant pot. And it went... <laughs> and it became Will's favourite noise. Wow. And it's it's in the, the Peter Rabbit suite came out have a week ago, two weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, movie came out, yeah. Um, so in that breakdown section, there's the, that it features that sound. Um, <laughs> I think my nephew, that's my nephew's favourite sound. He <laughs> wants to play it over and over again. Um... So yeah, it was just experimental, but having kind of doubted myself on how cheesy the idea was, yeah, taking like really obvious instruments, garden instruments, and using them, it actually worked out really well with the blend of band and orchestra. Um, and they were different enough from what was happening on screen not to f make it feel like yeah, yeah, it was confusing. Right, but also I feel like. With a children, not a family film, you want it to be. You want the emotions to play. You want the the comedy to play. And it's. I feel like trying to find that tone can also. You see so many scores and kind of these movies that kind of end up kind of being sappy or kind of saccharine or schmaltzy. Was mm -hmm. that a challenge to make sure that it felt fresh and it felt like, you know, somebody who's fifty years old would still find this yeah. entertaining and engaging versus someone who's five years old. Yeah, I mean it is a challenge, and yeah. I think. Um, one thing I try to do with all of the animated stuff I do is to not treat it as a child's movie. Yeah, right. Um, and there are some very serious um, points in this film. Um, you know, Will takes you on this emotional journey, and while there is a lot of slapstick and silly yeah, comedy, yeah, of course. there are also some really heartfelt moments. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, it's always nice to... But they were kind of sh different from other films I've done. They were kind of short. So the difficult thing for me on this was not necessarily to avoid being saccharine or sweet or, you know, appealing to children. It was more 
how am I going to get this emotion to drop in like 45 seconds? Right. You know, because this movie is like this right. and it goes moving, and it yeah. doesn't stop from yeah. the very beginning. So the biggest challenge for me was was reworking my themes in a way that that landed emotionally, towards, especially towards the end of the film. You know, when Peter realizes he's really messed up and he's he's apologizing and and those kind of moments, it was. I don't know whether it was luck or it was subconscious, you know, being fairly good at my job, that the themes, a statement of the theme, they just happened to fit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and maybe that's just because working through all the material and getting to that point, I knew that okay, if I do the theme in this way, I've got this amount of time. Right. I don't know what it was, but it does land. Um, I always use my wife as a barometer for that. I'm like, can yeah. you come listen to this emotional one? <laughs> and well, she's quite easy to make cry with that kind of stuff. She, like, she cries at adverts and all sorts yeah. of stuff. So if she's not crying, <laughs> yeah. when you, I play that cue, it's not good. No, I'd start over. <laughs> but she was, she was bawling, so I'm like, okay, well, we'll test that out on other people then. <laughs> yeah. That's like the first mark. Right. Bring the wife in. Bring the missus in, watch it, crying. Okay, on to the next audience. The <laughs> right, exactly. No, but um, it was tricky. Because, and it's tricky with a lot of those cues because there's not that much time. Yeah, yeah. And they actually started out much longer and then got cut and cut and cut and cut. And cut. Right. But um, I think it worked out pretty well. Yeah. It's not a very long score. It's like 34 minutes or right. something, yeah. including like all the little add-on bits. But... I just finished the soundtrack album and it really does, I think, tell the story. You know, it's like yeah. 30 minutes, but it, it does, it, goal, it yeah. tells the story without the picture. And that's what I really wanted to do. Because right. normally, I mean, maybe because I, I needed 30 minutes for to have an album long thing, but normally you get rid of the stuff that is kind of just scory. You yeah, know? yeah. Which I know some people hate when composers do that. Yeah, it's like, yeah. where's all the other music gone? You <laughs> you left out my favourite cue from episode 56. <laughs> like, well, how am I supposed to know? But, um, so you're, you're putting out pretty much a complete score release. It's a complete score release. And yeah. it's because of the way the movie's made and because of the way we came up with the music, there's no fat. We didn't have to trim the fat. Yeah. It's just yeah, it's like, it is what it is. It, it's score. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. A lean, mean score. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, people will listen to it and go, why did they put this on the album? Well, because it had to be very minutes. <laughs> no, but um, I think it really does tell a story and it's got lots of different flavors. As you say, it's got like operatic Mozart t yeah. style cues and I it's mean, got. The final battle was amazing. I mean, what you did with that. Right, and yeah. then it goes into kind of like a sort of 60s spy thing at the end and it, it, it you know, goes through all the kind of ebbs and flows of score should, I think, to very small, intimate stuff, to big emotional stuff, to fast-paced stuff. And I don't know, I'm really proud of it. Yeah, you should. You know, be. it took, for something that's 30 minutes long, it took a good six and a half months. Wow. Mainly because of picture changes. I think, you know, if we'd, if we'd had a lock cut, you know, I think Will and I could have come to agreements in about three months but as right. the picture was changing all the time we had to kind of relook at scenes and figure out you know okay i can't use all of the melody there and boring stuff like that but um yeah the conforms on this were, were challenging yeah let's talk about conforming as a, so as a process for people who don't know conforming when a picture goes through a picture change which always happens it means part of the process especially with animation and yeah. animation i mean and you're always trimming and you're always re-editing and you're always reforming and trying to find 
you know, the perfect final cut. Um, for you, as a composer, what does that mean for you now? So, picture cut comes, you've already written something, and he shaves off a few frames. It can be just a few frames, but he might maybe a minute. It'll kind of, how do you now... It does affect it, yeah. yeah so now I mean, you process? go... The process, the process, process, and becoming American. The process... <laughs> the process... Is, um, is to basically try and keep as much of the initial you know, thoughts you were having in your, your initial cue as possible. And sometimes you just have to suck it up and chop sections out. Sometimes there's no other way but to chop a beat and to try and trick people into thinking you meant to do a 3-4 bar there in a 4-4 four, four sequence or mm. a 5-4 bar there in a 4-4 four, four sequence. Um, and sometimes, as on this film, which I've never done before, you call the director and you ask him to put an amount of time back in to make it work. To save it. Um, with the opening of this, after the meeting we had such a success and he said he wasn't going to cut it. Mm -hmm. And he went back and he cut it. Uh, or he kept the cut to a certain extent. Right. And I was really trying. And, you know, I'm never one to go, it's just not going to work. Because I'll try everything. Yeah. But the problem with this was, is the cut, because of the way I'd written it, it kind of, it builds and builds and builds and builds and builds and builds and builds to the title card. And I'd already kind of trimmed it as much as I could to have the right amount of build to get to the point where it goes, yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I was trying to, I was like, I was trying to work out, cut two beats there and then it didn't, it didn't pay off. Yeah. None, everything I tried wasn't paying off. And... As I said, I'd never done this in my career before, but I called him up and I said, you know, if you could just add, I think it was two seconds and 19 frames or something back. Yeah. It might not have even been that much, which was what made it difficult. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, it would, it'll flow so much better. It won't affect the music. It's not really going to affect the picture because it's a bunny running through Windermere and it's, it's going to, it's going to be great when it's all animated. It's going to look great. It's going to sound great. Yeah. And he, I was thinking, oh, he's just going to say no. He's going to tell me to suck it up and do it. And he goes, yeah, sure. Fine. <laughs> I was like, does that mean I don't have to do... I can call him up anytime. No, I didn't. <laughs> I, I didn't. Um, there were some tricky conforms on this. But going back to your previous... One of your previous questions with the snippers, with the garden park. Yeah. They were so useful because I could... In a way that, you know, normally you tread water with pizzas or short notes. And like if something's kind of... Yeah. Stealthy or whatever it might be. Sustaining. That's a very general film yeah. music term. But these these snippers that we called them allowed me to buy time in between statements of stuff. Mm -hmm. And it was so easy to conform. If they were in there, it was like, I'm fine. Yeah. I can chop beats and it won't matter. Right. Um, so, yeah. I mean, the conformers were pretty difficult with the larger stuff, as they always are with animation when you're... Um, writing really orchestral, floral stuff. Mm -hmm. When I say floral, I just mean involved, like everyone's playing and they're all doing lots of notes. Right. Um, that That's the stuff that's really difficult to conform. Um, but you find a way. Yeah. The, the, the most difficult thing is when you've already recorded and they're still cutting the picture, mm -hmm. which happened, that's when you need a really good music editor. Right. Because to save you. Yeah. <laughs> um, which I had. Uh, and you, I mean, I mean, I got to a point where I was listening back to conforms after, like, from the mixes 
of the orchestral like, the recording sessions right. and being like what did you cut what did you get rid of there he was like Denny, as long as it works it's fine <laughs> so um, yeah I was very very fortunate to have uh, a, an amazing music editor conforming after the fact but there were a lot beforehand yeah. I was conforming up until the point I'd left to get on a plane to I Australia I was here maybe like two days before you left right and you were conforming I we got a picture cut in I mean, it got cut after that, but we got a picture cut in on the day I left, and I was yeah. like, I watched it and went, all right, that doesn't work anymore, so I'm going to have to do it, otherwise, you know, yeah. it's just going to be a night... This, this, it was one of those ones that would be a nightmare if you had recorded it that way. Yeah. There'd be no way out. Right. So. Other than, like, a 5-4 bar or a th something that would just completely throw you out. Right. Because with a lot of this stuff, it's very kind of four on the floor and 4-4-y, four mm -hmm. very songy in, in, in approach. So picture cuts like that, really make a difference yeah which is why the beginning i had to call will but some of them are you know more often than not a lot of them if they were that songy approach mm -hmm. so i just start the cue for earlier and sneak it in and then i don't have to chop like a three eight bar or something disgusting that will make it sound crap right um so there was a lot of kind of finagling and sort of trickery and things like that but you know, the ins and outs of things weren't so... I mean, with some directors, it's like, no, you're coming in here and you're out there. Yeah. There was wiggle room. It was a complete collaboration on, on that front. And Will was great with understanding that if I cut this piece of picture, obviously it's not going to be the same. So right. we'll come to some middle ground. Mutual, it's, yeah. You know, it's not like with sometimes when you do stuff and it's like, well, it doesn't hit that anymore. Well, I can't hear that anymore because you've cut the picture and the music doesn't do that anymore. Right. His will's not that. Yeah. You know, he'll be like, "Why is it not hitting that again?" Well, because you cut that, so I had to like take that because it didn't work with the harmony. He's like, "Okay, well, yeah, fine." Right. He doesn't need to know the the <laughs> explanation. He just knows that that's why it's happened. Right. So that was kind of cool. It made the whole conforming process way more bearable because right. he was so understanding of like, the. He was, I mean, he didn't want to do it either. He yeah. was, you know, he was... He understood the ripple effect that it had on you. It's a ripple effect because yeah. obviously when you you screen and you score and you do all most of your movie to little cartoon rabbits and, and guys with blue things on their hands doing yeah. this and, like, once it gets animated, you're sitting there as a director going, well, that's way too short. We've got to make that longer. Oh, that's way too long we're gonna make that shorter yeah so it's really tricky yeah, yeah um you know he had the release date brought forward on him and so it was definitely this movie is definitely a case of everyone just like we're in this boat together yeah no no but it worked out great yeah. it's a really sweet movie okay huh you missed it no 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 no
that's just the same thing. Ah! It's gotta be G, it has to be. So. That works. Is it a pedal? you kind of work on the fly doing some conforming and there were some there was one point you know where you're sitting here and you're just trying to find what was missing and you're like all right we need guitar and i remember you went over there and you just kind mm -hmm. of did some few little strums on the guitar yeah or when you're conforming the final battle um you know you're just kind of finding new ways i guess to adding layers to it i mean how do you know what's missing in that moment how did you go well i mean like i need some guitar strums and you're like what like how do you know that was going to fix it. I mean, I was trying to get in your head process a little bit, but um, <laughs> where you're like, that, that's my instinct to go, and, and you're like, perfect. And literally, you were in there for, you know, maybe five, ten minutes, and you were able to kind of make it work. Yeah, I mean, it. as I say, it took a long time to get to the point where, you know, I came up with the palette of this film. Yeah. So, when you're in that situation, it's, in my head, I'm going, okay, what What's in the world of this score? Right. One? Like, what could I use to fix this? Um, what's not in it already? Yeah. <laughs> Where can I go? Because this was a slightly different approach for me in, in that normally, especially from the kind of hands John Henry school, um, instruments are very much associated with characters. Right. And in pretty much everything else I've ever done, that's been my, like, well, I can't I can't put the theme on the clarinet because that's, you know, so-and-so's theme. <laughs> but with this, because there are only really kind of two themes, because the score's quite short, there's sort of, there's Peter's theme, there's there's Peter's riff. So there's the emotional thing, which is kind of Peter and, yeah. and like, the love element and the family element of the movie. Right. And there's... The kind of jaunty, like little riffy, baroque type stuff, yeah, which is like rabbits scurrying around and yeah. doing their thing. And then there's the McGregor theme, so that's kind of three. And obviously, there's other little motifs that come in and out, but yeah. they don't have that much weight. I really like the McGregor theme. I like the McGregor. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, how you uh, kind of put it in that final battle? You're, you're like, oh, you try and find a way to. You're like, oh, maybe we should do that and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I mean, more often than not, McGregor. I mean, I, I didn't completely move away from that school of like instrument character. Yeah. And that's that for the film. I didn't right. completely move away from that. You know, McGregor, more often than not, was doing McGregory things. So he was on a brass instrument instrument of some sort, mm. and Peter being Peter, his little riff was on strings probably accompanied with harpsichord and hockey talk piano as like a group thing yeah of him sneaking around and doing his thing um or the kind of love family theme was pretty much always on the piano and then obviously if it needed to get bigger i would put it on strings and right. so things were kind of and sometimes peter's theme happens on the horns yeah but i think 
I think it was okay because you've got these two characters who want the same thing, mm. um, who are very much have equal importance and have their good qualities and their bad qualities. Right. So that's why, I that's why it kind of worked. Um, and normally, when you cross pollinate like that, you get a bit confused. But one, the score is so short. Um, and two, well, no, one, one B is that because there are so many songs and when the score comes in, having not scoring everything, which you normally yeah. would in an animated film, it needed to sound like the score was in. So if I was jumping too much between different instruments, it would be, it would be very difficult to know, not to know, but to have a real idea of what the score sounds like. So that's why there was a lot of cross-pollination and a lot of samey textures and techniques because I wanted people to be like, oh, score's in. Right. Um, and obviously not like, oh, I'm I want to listen to the score, just to feel like a more storytelling-based music as opposed to... And it also had to blend with the song, so I couldn't go too yeah, orchestral with it. I couldn't, like... Yeah. My main instruments had to be within that palette Otherwise, it alienates the audience because you've right. got all these like top. You've got top forty songs. You've got, you know, Vampire Weekend stuff. You've got Fits in the Tantrums. You, I mean, there's there's loads of stuff in there. Yeah. Um, so I had to come up with main character instruments and 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 a, and a palette that would fit with that. Um, I've lost to the question now. <laughs> oh, oh, the guitar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. So fixing stuff, um, that's such a long word. I'm sorry, it's such a long winded way of getting to that. <laughs> fixing stuff, it was a question of, because I had these this list basically of instruments, right. what's in there and what's not. And I wasn't going, I had a point with where I, the, the, I wasn't going, well, I can't put it on that because yeah. that's so-and-so's instrument and they're not even on screen. Yeah. McGregor and Peter are pretty much always on screen. And if they're not, it's the love theme. And, you know, so I had this, like basically this big old pot that I could throw at when I was supposed to, it was supposed to be me scoring the film. Yeah, yeah. So when you were here, that was. I mean, the Mozart thing is is a little different because it was sort of a standalone. It was, and it was the culmination of McGregor just losing it. Yeah. And you know, previously we've it. had, <laughs> previously we've had a scene with him cleaning up his house, and it was Verdi, and it was very operatic. Yeah. So that was already kind of suggested in his world. Right. So I just went with that. Yeah. So I put his theme on this massive choir, and you know big baroque orchestra it was like sort of mozart meets handel meets this big mish mishmash of stuff um so the conform on that was kind of me going how do i keep this because it was such a piece yeah again going back to like approaching stuff in a in a songy way and that's like a very old school song yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know but it's... <laughs> still the same it was a piece of to yeah. approach it as a piece of music right. so i didn't want to chop that up because it would ruin the flow and then i basically came to the conclusion that it needed an intro to get us into where i already was right. because the scene had been elongated um and with the guitar stuff um i think that probably just looked better than it was because um, a lot of the stuff the 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 glue and a lot of those cues mm. was that strumming guitar because it yeah. also it doesn't just act as a harmony filler it acts as um, it's almost a hi hat as well because yeah. you've got that ching you know it's, yeah. it goes that, that that's in a lot of cues yeah you know yeah. Um, so I mean every every pretty much every like action cue had this like. Yeah. 
you know, yeah. that type of thing. Just And that comes from all the band stuff and all that kind of world. Um, but it worked really great as a motor and it worked really great with the with the orchestra on top of it. And so I think I probably just got lucky that that was, <laughs> it, it seemed like, a, well, how did he know that that was, that was where he needed to go? But I think I was just lucky that you managed to pick up on that. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah. You just play it a sec, dude. Then what? I think I remember it, okay. When am I doing doubles? Because I can hear like, uh, 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 uh. Just play that last phrase again for me. Not all the time. All of them are bum bums. And then it goes to, okay, all right. I think I know what I'm doing now, he says. Just shut yourself short. I do also want to uh, talk because I, from filming, you know, you on the last All Access and this one, I you know, kind of captured you and, and Danny's relationship, which I thought was yeah. really special. And, yeah. and I wanted to talk about like kind of your relationship with Danny who, and his role in, in your work. And and as a composer, when you hired him, I mean, what made you what made him appeal to you? And that, how has that changed from something such as a professional relationship? So you guys have a pretty close bond now. So yeah, that's really great. I got so lucky with Danny. Um, I hope he feels the same way, but um, <laughs> not at the hours I make him work. But um, yeah, you know, it, with this, it's so difficult with assistants. I don't even think of him as my assistant. Yeah, that's why I, I didn't even use the word assistant. He it, like it's assistant. not that. I mean, yeah. I've had assistants in the past, and right. they've been great. And you know, they 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 get to a point where they don't want to be an assistant anymore, and they fly the nest, and that's great. Yeah. Um, but Danny's like, we immediately when I met him. I was lucky enough to, he kind of got, he went through the remote thing mm -hmm. with Alex Belcher, who you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he is, I think he assisted Alex on um, the stuff he was doing on Fifth Wave, like printing for Alex, and Alex and I have very similar rigs. Mm -hmm. um, so he kind of was already there on that side of things. And just just meeting him was just like, he was just so chill and just such a nice guy. And you yeah. And, you know, my wife and I previously had spoken about, well, you know, you do, you get too close to your assistants and, you know, they, it's just, a, you know, it's going to go wrong and da 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 You know, there's going to be arguments. And it was just like, well, you know the amount we work. Yeah. And if you're in close proximity with someone for that yeah. amount of time, you know. if you don't like them. You're miserable. Misery. Yeah. I mean, like, it would be awful. This would yeah. be the worst job in the world. So... 
I didn't know how good it was going to be with Danny, but the guy is, I mean, he's 23 now going on 45. His work <laughs> ethic is unbelievable. He'll do anything for you. Um, and he's super, super fucking talented. I mean, yeah. if you meet him, you think he's like this surfer from Carlsbad. And he's an Eagles um, fan. He is an Eagles fan. <laughs> He, lo he, <laughs> he lost his after the Super Bowl. He oh, no. couldn't talk for like a week. I know. I messaged him. I was like, Are you, can you just <laughs> He's like, dude. <laughs> yeah. No that, no, that was great. I was yeah. really happy. He was so into it. I was really... Because I'm a massive sports fan as well. Yeah. Obviously, I You're into basketball more. I'm more into basketball. Yeah. But because of his love for the Eagles, I was... Oh, I really want the Eagles to win. <laughs> Plus, I don't like Tom Brady. But anyway, going back to Danny. I mean, he is... He's become partly... He was already part of the family, but yeah. because now I'm working from home and he's here most days right. and, you know, he, my son loves him and like, he's just part of the family and, you know, I really, I really want him to do the best he can do. Yeah. Um, and, uh, he's, he's just a fucking great dude. You know, he's yeah. like, he's not, as I say, he's not my assistant. Yeah. Like he does the shitty things that I don't want to do, <laughs> but. You know, he's like a little brother, really. And, you know, we go out drinking and it, there's no, there's never any, we've never had, like, and maybe he's just such a great dude that he's never, like, told me to fuck off. But we've never had, like, a confrontation right. of where, or even, like, where I've shouted and this needs to happen and he's been, like, and then I've, I've felt that I have to apologise because I've been a bit of a dick. Yeah. There's just a respect there that... You know, maybe uh, who knows with with a newborn coming soon, and I'm getting tired. Maybe I'll blow up. You know, whatever. But to this point, there's a mutual respect there that it just works. Yeah. You know, and obviously he's super talented. He can write music. You know, as as well as the next guy. Um, his tech is amazing. You know, he's a great guy to be around. But and he'll fly the nest eventually. But I want to be the. I want to like give him everything because a lot of the time. You don't, with assistance, you don't feel like you want, it's a, it's, a, it's a really tough way to word it, but what I can say is with Danny, I want to give him everything I can give him. Yeah, like yeah. I want to teach him, every, I mean, that's not to say that I'm like, you know, the great teacher, but I want to teach him everything I've learned right. in the experiences I've had. I want to teach him everything he wants to know. Like he had his day, he was, his day off uh, on Sunday. We took Sunday off and... You know, we're just texting as we always do. And he's, and I'm like, what are you up to? He's like, oh, I'm just playing golf, listening to some Ravel chamber music. Like, if you met Danny, yeah. well, you've met him, but if you met Danny, and you, you'd be like, there's no way that guy, one, <laughs> plays golf, and two, listens to Ravel chamber music whilst doing so. <laughs> I mean, he's a diamond in the rough, man. He's such a great dude. Yeah. Awesome. Um, what? Which you've probably never heard of. What? Airplay. You know Airplay? Are you... 80s, David Foster, Jay Graydon. Dude. You showed, I, no, you I showed it to me four it. days ago, Dom. Yeah, that's when I bought it. Yeah, you showed me immediately. I've been listening to it. I know the song. Listen, it's been a rough week, all right, Denny? He's been hallucinating. There's been twice now. I I, I will come in. I will walk through the door and I'll sit down. And he then, says, and then, and then he, he, finishes. Says he gets eye contact with me. He says he gets fucked. Oh, I walk through the door. It's like one of these. It's like, so It's one of those. You never say sup. I don't say, okay, no, but, but I walk you in. I walk in. You never said sup. 
No! You never come no, 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 here. No, 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 no. That's no, not, dude. No. It's so I'll be working. I'll be fucking brother. working. I'll be working. I'll like. I'll finish. I'll be in it. I'll be listening. I'll finish, no, I'll and I'll be like, I okay, want. I need to get Danny to print it. Where is he? And he'll go, sup, dude. I'll be like, what <laughs> the fuck? And he just appeared. I think there's some kind of like the fan of hatch or wherever the fuck you're coming Basically, from. the point is that's how crazy it's been. He's been just. Yeah, so sorry if I forgot that I so showed you, you showed airplay. Me, yeah, you showed me airplay. I, I was probably drunk at the time. You've been off the booze for three days. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I don't have an excuse for you. Why have you got an answer for everything? <laughs> These fucking youths. <laughs> youths. These youths. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, airplay. Great. Really good. So great. I just love watching you guys work, I think. Yeah, we, ri we riff. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's going back to that, it's like, if you're in here all the time, Yeah. You gotta be mates. Oh, yeah. I just, you know, all those guys that have assistants that they just shout at, and then, you know, it's just like this really kind of weird relationship where, yeah. you know, they don't sleep and they don't like each other. And I just don't get that. Yeah. I, I, I try to keep, and even with Taylor as well, my, my personal assistant, mm -hmm. you know, she, it was tough to find a personal assistant that worked in this environment because Danny and I are so close. Right. Um, we have this way of working, we have this vibe. Someone had to come in and 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 just just fit in that and bring what yeah. they bring to it. And right. Taylor's great too. I mean, yeah, she, I couldn't do what I do without her either. It's just I'm really lucky that I've got a really. I mean, they'll probably tomorrow they'll probably both walk in here and go, "Fuck you, Dom! I'm out of here." But um, they're doing a great job of letting me think that you know we have a great team here. Um, so just kind of looking back at everything, um, you know, we reflected on this on this film and. And I remember, I remember watching, I'm sitting here and then you're just, you said, you're like, Kai, I'm getting, I'm getting to write real music with this movie and you're yeah. so proud of it. So, I mean, just, what are your, just your final thoughts of, of Peter Rabbit and the whole experience for you, like in, in terms of this place in your career and I guess looking forward to what's coming up next and in this place in your life and everything. And you're about to be a, a father again for the second a, a time. Father, yeah, <laughs> father of two. So. Um, yeah, it's been like, it's been that movie, I think, that, that takes you from one one stage in your career to the next and i'm not saying in terms of success i'm just talking about what i've learnt from the film yeah how i've learnt to react to different obstacles that come my way right and you know th this one was full of them and will would be the first one to say <laughs> that there were a lot of obstacles put up that we had to overcome yeah you know ones that he threw at me ones that we had to get over together um but I mean, as you know, I I do I relish at writing floral orchestral music yeah. and really getting to get in there with the orchestra and, you and to go to Australia and record this. I know. I mean, that was a yeah. experience. It was amazing, and they played their socks off. They, they did such a great job, and I and more often than not with films I do, I kind of have a day to do everything, and normally yeah. it's kind of like high tones and. Um, not particularly interesting for the players. Right. Very effective in the world of film film music today, but not particularly that interesting for them to play. Um, but this being a kids' movie, there was always going to be that element of fun and and more of a, like a more of a way of me to show that I can do this yeah. again because it's been since Freebirds, really. Yeah, that was your first feature, and then you went into like. 
kind of the dark spooks and Money I know. Monster and High Castle. Yeah. I mean, that's a, I mean, you know, they got some comedies in there. I was really going to fight. Right, fight. right, right. But it was more like I, I'd been on this kind of run of doing a lot of production-based scores mm-hmm. and stuff where you kind of, the orchestra becomes a tool within your kind of cool, new, fresh yeah. box of film music. Right. Which has its place and is great. But my love is really like everything I studied at the at the academy and you know my orchestration teacher or everything he taught me is these films where I really like I'm just a kid in a candy shop yeah sweet shop for people in England um so it's th- this film in particular getting to blend band stuff, which was how I kind of got into playing and writing right. music yeah. at the beginning I mean. Obviously, I played the cello, but my love for writing music came from the band and being in rock bands at school. So getting to sort of draw from that and, you know, it having to sound British again, you know, my love for the Beatles and all those massive, iconic British bands that I, you know, all swirling around up in here subconsciously getting to draw from textures and whatnot. Yeah. Um, that element was amazing for me because I wasn't having to get like, you know, fire up these guys and like, okay, and they're really cool sound. It's not cheesy. And <laughs> it was like drums, bass, guitar, pianos, organs, a little bit of harpsichord. And it was just, you know, fundamental stuff. Obviously you have to try and come up with instrument, uh, interesting stuff. Yeah. But it's almost like, it, the band is almost like the same as the orchestra and that you've got these people here and they can do stuff. Right, right. Whereas you're not, you're trying to push the envelope, but as a whole, not with each individual instrument, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, So for this one, getting to blend those two things, getting to start with the band and then bring in some crazy garden perk and whatnot. Um, And then just getting to write, allowed to write proper orchestral music. Yeah. When I say proper, I mean like stuff drawn from the classical greats. You know, stuff that just really gets me going as a music lover and stuff that I just would love to be doing all the time. I mean, I, obviously I get to do it with DuckTales and I've done it for little things in the past, but when you right. get to record it, yeah, when you're in front of the sequencer and, you're, and you know that someone is going to be sitting at a stand playing this, you write in a different way. Yeah. I mean, obviously I had more time as well and TV's different. You're like, oh my God. But... <laughs> When you really, I went through every single note and made sure that it was, you know, it was the right thing. And and that attention to detail with the orchestra is something that I love and I got to do on this and haven't done since Freebirds. Yeah. Um, And also, you know, with the, it's just really nice. It's a really nice feeling that the movie's doing well. Um, You know, the little bits of score that's come out has been, I guess, well received. People are liking it. My nephew likes it, so that's, that's cool. Um, my son likes it. That's, I mean, it's also you get to share it with your, your kids. Yeah, I think it's... Kids. But that's cool for me, because I think it's really like... My sister... And this has family, obviously, so it's yeah. very biased, but... And obviously my family love it here, but my yeah. sister will call me and be like... She just obviously has a suite. And she'll be like, oh, I love that middle bit in the suite. It makes me cry every time. And then my nephew's like telling stories about like what's happening with the rabbits and that has it on repeat. So I think, and even if it's just my family, if I've connected with both, both people, that was the job. That's what I had. That was my job to do, to tell the story and to connect with both adults and kids. So 
I've waffled on, but I mean, I am very proud of this score. I, I think that I've sort of drawn a not necessarily drawn a line to forget about it, but drawn a line on what I've done, and like I'm, I want to be still keep going this way, you oh, know. Course, yeah. Um, and really keep writing orchestral music because there's not a lot of it about. Yeah. Um, and I'm really interested in doing more projects that allow me to do that. Well, I mean, I think you have something to be proud of, and thanks for allowing me to come and capture the process. And and uh, it was it's been fun for me to capture that and kind of uh, and watch you work. So that was really cool. To no, see well, you. thank you, mate. You're always so supportive, and yeah. you you know you're welcome anytime. Yeah, of course. Well, thanks, Tom. Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah. It's all happening at Dubber D Music today on Film Music Media. We take an in-depth look behind the scenes of Peter Rabbit. And how fucking crazy Don Lewis is. <laughs> That's nice and shitty horn sample. It's appropriate for classical music. <laughs> it sounds like a, the fucking village hall playing it. <laughs> Bunch of old fuddy duddies <laughs> playing in like. I don't know, Ripley Town Hall. Come listen to Mozart's <laughs> shitty whatever it is. to be. I don't know if I've got enough uh, enough juice. Bum, 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 bum. That's what it needs to be, Kaya. You know it does. Don't kid yourself. They're going to be fucking knackered by the time they get to the end of this race. There's no room for breathing. Those old funny duddies yeah, in Ripley Town Hall, they were like, fuck you now. <laughs> Let's plow forward.